0: think about it, you know, Kirk Cousins, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, told me, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ is the single greatest thing you can do for another person. After all, their eternity may depend on it.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the FYI podcast, where we talk about faith, a life, adulting, relationships finances and so much more i am your host Micah Keneally, and
2: i'm josiah Keneally. it's a joy to do this podcast thanks for viewing on youtube streaming or downloading wherever you listen to podcasts this has been such a fun journey mike and i consider it just a, a joy to journey together with you on this journey of adulting and it's also we consider it a gift when you subscribe And Mm -hmm. leave us a review or rating wherever you listen and share this with your small group, your young adult ministry, or your friends.
1: And we want to see you end your week strong and begin your weekend even stronger by just listening to some of the questions that maybe you've been asking. So we're going to unpack a question today that's come in through, I think, what was it?
2: Instagram. This was a DM that came into to FYI podcast. Um, You can send in your questions there. You could go to Mm www.fyi-podcast.com. But here's for today's question.
1: That is a great question. Here it is right now. It says, how can I share my faith in the sports world? We're going to
2: unpack this question in today's episode. In just a few minutes, Paul Allen, voice of the Minnesota Vikings, is going to join us to talk even more. Stick with us. We've got a great conversation here on the FYI podcast.
1: Well, first and foremost, hello to all the athletes, whether you are on a court, you're in a field, you're in an arena, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever sport you are in, um, we just want to support you and say that you are in a position of influence, whether you realize it or not, because whether you're sitting on the sidelines, whether you're the water girl, the bat boy, whatever you are on that team in addition to the athlete, you are seeing people are watching you. They're watching every move you make, and they're cheering you on, whether you know it or not. So we're here to cheer you on today as we unpack this question.
2: The verse of the day is a great place to start. It comes from Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that is the Great Commission. We should make. Jesus' last words are first priority.
1: That's good. And
2: so in the marketplace, in your neighborhood, in in the workplace, in your families, and on the court or in the field of competition of athletics, I think that um, whether you're listening and you are an athlete Mm -hmm. or you know an athlete or you have an affinity for sports, or you're like, you could also ask this question, how do I share my faith in my neighborhood? Mm -hmm. How do I share my faith in my world. Mm-hmm. I think that's really an important thing to emphasize, is because you know um, it's going to be hard for a non-athlete to share with somebody who is an athlete, unless they're neighbors or friends or family members. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's this idea of relational equity. Mm-hmm. Talk about like for you, Micah. What does it mean to have relational equity?
1: Wow. Well, relational equity means that you have earned the right of friendship or speaking into someone's life or having someone speaking in your life. And that takes time, right? It's through time. It's through conversation. It's over coffee, it's meals, maybe it's a trip. And when there's equity involved, like there's a return on that investment in some way, shape or form. And most of it, hopefully it's reciprocated, right? So.
2: Isn't it the saying goes something to the effect of people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think there's power in that. And I think along with this sharing our faith in and out of the ministry workplace, faith field, non-faith field, wherever you're at marketplace is to really realize that everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be loved. But when they see something in us as Christ followers on the court, in the field, in the marketplace, in the classroom, wherever you're at in the dorm room, like they as viewers of your life, like they're observing, they're watching. Yeah, and yeah. with this question, I would even say, Josiah, like what, what have you found to be true when it comes to people observing your life or you observing other people's lives when it comes to, you know, their believer, you know, they're a Christ follower, like what stands out to you that mm-hmm. sets other people apart more or less?
2: You know, I think it would be another verse, but Colossians talks about whatever you do, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might, all of your Mm -hmm. heart, do it to the best of your abilities as you're working for the Lord, not for people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where athletes have discipline. Yeah. Waking up early, going through practice, like everyone sees when you're on the court, or on the field, but what nobody sees is the time that you woke up, two days, <laughs> or the fact that you wouldn't go out with friends at the birthday party and eat the cake because you had to go to bed early so that you could wake up at a decent time and get a decent workout in. Yeah. So it's it's the things Craig Rochelle says it's the things behind the scenes that mm. nobody sees that leads to the results that everyone wants. It's good. And what I'd say most specifically in my life, you would ask me like, yeah how have you been set apart? What have people noticed about you? I would say I had the same job at Grand Slam Hmm. from like eighth, ninth grade. So all, all four years of high school, all four years of college and a little bit afterwards, but eight years in the workplace. And I had built relational equity with the owner, the general manager, every employee, I had the ability to like hire something like 32 employees from our church mainly, and, and I watched the culture change, but I was, I don't think I have any pride in saying this. I think I was the hardest worker there. And I think I had people write in letters to the owner And he would show me the sunshine letters. You did such a great job with this birthday party. Mm -hmm. And I know about it. Mm -hmm. And so I had developed great customer relations, great friendships, and and Mm -hmm. just respect from anyone who was a believer or far from Christ. And then what I noticed is over time, there was a, a coworker who used to tease me and make fun of my faith. Yeah. And over time, I watched that same coworker have struggles in their life that they asked for prayer for because they knew that I cared. Yeah, and they knew that I believed and I cared. It's kind of like the person who went to see John Wesley preach in the fields of London, England, and they their friend saw them and they said, "You don't believe that," and they go, "I don't, but he does." Mm-hmm. Meaning John Wesley believed it. So I think it's, mm-hmm. we believe and our belief behaves and, yeah. and we're excellent at what we do. And we treat everyone with the dignity and respect that they deserve. And mm-hmm. that's where I think of even uh athlete like Tim Tebow. He is a hard worker mm-hmm. and he shared a story at Passion one year of how he had somebody who was at FCA trying to get on his college team and dogging it in practice.
1: Oh, that's right. And he yeah.
2: wrapped this guy, I think the story goes, mm-hmm. in their workout. And, and the guy said, no, I feel like the Lord's telling me to stay back with this guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the Lord isn't telling you that. You're being lazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like our witness is our work ethic. Our wow. witness is Good. how we treat people. And I think it's also that you can't shortcut time.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And in the in the process, I think we become a leader who's worth following. Yeah. That's something that you're really passionate about Mm -hmm. is your creed matching your deed and being a person. What makes a followable leader?
1: I think a followable leader is somebody that you admire. Like I think, like you already said, like somebody who's disciplined, somebody who has vision and is actually chasing down that target. I think so many times like we, if you're, we want to be dreamers and doers, right? So when you're on and off the field, like everybody wants, like you said, everybody wants to be the star of the field or be a team player, but nobody wants to get up at 4am for 5am practice and do it again the next day for the next however many weeks. And, or everybody wants to go Get the results at the gym, but nobody wants to get out of their car once they park in the parking lot. You watching somebody walk in the gym does not make you make you successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think when you you need to look for a leader that you admire, but also become the leader that you want to follow. Yeah. And I think that'll set you apart right there because Josiah, I think you, as for instance, is a person who loves to see other people get connected, feel loved, feel seen. So for you to provide opportunities for applications, for example, at the like you just shared was just you saying like hey you're in need of a job you're in need of a paycheck and i have the a community that could be relatively healthy for you and it has to do with sports and it has to do with entertainment of this of this nature so when that you look at that even you want to be a leader and find a leader that's worth following meaning mm-hmm. like they're not going to have this big moving target of life and destination or the playoffs or whatever you're doing um, because when the target's moving, it's hard to pull back the bone, shoot, and get a bullseye, right? So I think when we find somebody that we admire, and I say admire, not idolize, yeah, because we don't want to make anything an idol in our life that we come become obsessed about or we wish that we were that person that, you know, that is demonstrating some attributes that we want to acquire, but it's us disciplining ourselves and sub- like what is it who is it Paula says I beat my body into submission like yeah. right? Yeah. so it's like I do things I don't want to do and don't do things I want to do. like even that's at odds in our hearts like, oh, I want to eat healthy and I want the body, but I'm not willing to do it. Oh, I really should do oh, but I'm not willing to do it or so when we follow somebody or we are the leader, we want to be setting a good example in the in the process. Yep. And a couple of ways that you can do that specifically for this athletic question, and you can apply to any form of life like we've talked about. I think I made just four little notes. I think number one, your actions speak louder than words, like how you live on and off the court, the field, the course, whatever sports you're playing, wherever it is, that testimony in and of itself is going to outlast you. Mm -hmm. and I think Josiah demonstrated just a small portion of his life, like, yeah, somebody was mocking him for his faithfulness to God in the workplace, and just how filled with joy he was, or the fact that he enjoyed prayer, and then years later, this person's walking through turmoil and saying, like, hey, you're still a person of prayer, and I know that you are, because I've been following your social media, can you pray for me? So we never know the testimony that people are going to be taunting us with, You know, our own testimony, but really realize that God does work all things together for our good. And the only testimony, the testimony that you're gonna live out in your life, there's two of them. One is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a testimony that's going to outlast you hopefully in the best way possible. The second one, if you ever choose to get married, your marriage is the second biggest testimony that is ever going to be lived out for people to see whether you want them to see it or not. People are watching and observing. So I would just say um, your actions need to speak louder than your words. And I think that's why that's just an important reminder, whether you're an athlete or a marketplace person listening today. It's
2: amazing. I, I love it. I love it. Did you go through all four?
1: I just went through one, number one.
2: Okay. Um, Mike, <laughs> I had four practical things we want to get really practical with, because yeah. you had asked, uh, sent in the DM, how do I share my faith in the sports world? And we had said, here's four practical ways in mm-hmm. the in whatever field that you're in and mm-hmm. they, they specifically tend to apply to athletics as well before for just talks about your actions speak louder than your words that's number one number two prayer before games privately or publicly or one-on-one but even when Micah and i were first dating mm-hmm. one of the things that we would do i bet it was weekly maybe more how can i pray for you today mm-hmm. and we'd close our dates with that hey how can i be praying for you, mm-hmm. you know, anything going on at work. And we open is, and
1: invite God into yes. the, the beginning yep. of the date and then yep. close it out with a prayer request. Yep. Yeah.
2: But it's like, that's how almost every conversation, even we're texting, Hey, I'm praying for you today, but any specific requests. And I think that that's a great way, um, yeah. to just let people know that you're a person of prayer. And
1: and I think with prayer, I'll, I'll share a story, never be embarrassed to pray. Okay. Just never being. prepared embarrassed to be a person to pray or to bless somebody publicly or privately or one-on-one and here's what I'll say because there's an obedience factor if God lays somebody or something on your heart do it in that moment and be obedient because I'll share this I was in Colorado in 2014 and my cousin was graduating and we were going to go trail running on the incline and on this trip it was me my aunt my mom like four or five cousins and one of their friends and at the bottom of the mountain like I'm wrapped up my internship at the church I'm trying to discover like what's next so I I'm in this like lull season where I'm like, okay, do I stay at this church or do I move on? And at the base of the mountain of the incline, it's one of the most dangerous places to go. People get airlifted out of there every single day. It's just, you don't know that until you're done with it. You're like, oh, why didn't you tell me this before I said yes. But at the base of the mountain, I was disobedient and God God laid it on my heart. He's like, Micah, pray for safety and pray for everybody. Like, publicly, like tell everybody that you're going to pray. I, in that moment, for whatever reason, I said no. And I was embarrassed to pray and to stand up in my faith. I have no idea why I felt this, but I did. I was disobedient. Okay. Up the mountain, we made it. My aunt fell once she got a big bruise. I'm like, okay, I should have just prayed for her and just prayed everybody's safety. I ignored it again. Second thing is I was running down the backside of the mountain. So if you know railroad ties, this thing summits like railroad ties, like a mile up, and then you can trail run different paths down. So on the backside of the mountain, this is the moment that I like rolled my ankle, broke my ankle and gouged my right knee. So it's like rolling an ankle, falling stitches, mattress stitches, had to be carried halfway down the mountain by my, my cousin's girlfriend who was with us. And I'm like, wow, what a missed opportunity I had to pray for everybody, not for myself, not to get hurt. Cause it could still happen. I don't know, but I was disobedient in that prayer. And I was embarrassed to pray out loud because I knew that some of these people were not living for Jesus. I have no idea why I was ashamed. I don't know why I was embarrassed and I refused to do it. And I'm like, wow, if I would have prayed, would that have made a difference? I don't know, but I chose disobedience. So the testimony now is like, God took me through 12 weeks on crutches and stitches in my knee and a broken foot to really inwardly sift through the disobedience, the choice of being disobedient, and the fear of being rejected. And here's the thing. If you feel that on on and off the court and you're afraid to pray, you're afraid to live your faith out loud, there are people not living for Jesus that are more faithful than us at times, okay? Just as humans. I'm just going to be honest with you. And if they do reject you or they reject your prayer, Jesus says it, if it's because if they reject you, it's because they rejected me first. So I just want to set some of you free for whatever reason of fear of discrimination or mocking or doubting or whatever. um, Because I just think that I look back on that moment in my life and I wish I would have been obedient. And I know this was like years ago, you guys, but I do get taken back to that moment with this question for whatever reason. So if you're on the court or on in the field or in the locker room and God does put something or someone on your heart to pray for, it may not be like an injury prevention. (laughs) It might just be the fact that there may be somebody else on your team who's a new believer, who is a Christ follower, but they're too afraid to live out their faith and you might become the best of friends in the process. So I am not saying that that's you but i'm just saying be obedient in prayer when god says that
2: (laughs) you know and echo that uh, something that's off script as well but i i'm just really observing is athletes are fanatical Mm -hmm. they're so disciplined so if you specifically want to go in the sports world um and you you show up to practice and you're like um dear heavenly father um you know if you're shy and if you're timid athletes are not drawn to that that's not something that's speaking their language they're like dear god let's go
1: you, you must need like a prayer chant maybe <laughs>
2: yes and and i think just boldness tenacity yeah. if you because if you're going to get somebody's attention especially an athlete um this is somebody who's used to coaches yelling and screaming so it's not like you need to be dominant alpha male rah 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 But being confident in who you are and not being timid because of your faith, it's like, oh, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to pray full body, full body armor of God out loud right now Mm -hmm. and just be confident in it because you can be confident in Mm -hmm. Christ. And so we talked about action, speaking louder than words, prayer, Mm -hmm. that was powerful. Um, The boldness and confidence, the third and fourth thing are evaluating your life, Mm -hmm. your nightlife. Your talk about others, gossip, slander. How are you talking about friends, enemies, mm-hmm. opposing players, teammates, coaches? Yeah. Is, is everything that you're doing in your life above reproach? Yeah. Is there any unwholesome talk coming out of your mouth? Are you being encouraging to others? Are you loving people? Mm-hmm. Are you living a life that's um, your creed matches your? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine, an athlete, he played with um, college football. And he had a roommate and then he had a Bible and for years it sat on his, and then he opened it one day in a dark moment and his roommate goes, Oh, you believe that I would have never known by how you were living. And that was one of the moments that led a prodigal friend back to Christ because he realized his creed wasn't matching his deeds, his talk and his walk were incongruent. Right. So how could he be a light on the football team? And since then he's encountered God and we're all hmm. on a, a journey. The last one is being the same person on and off the court, field, bus, course, hotel. Just what would you call that? Congruency, consistency? Yeah. And uh,
1: I think one thing I think about is something Jeff Grinnell. So he was one of our professors at North Central. And um his late wife would say this about him if you would ask ask yeah. her at any point. Yeah. She would say, Jeff is the same person you see in the grocery store as you would see at home. Yeah he's the same person that you would see in the classroom, the same man that you would see at home. So what a compliment to be the same person, being consistent with not only your faith walk, your journey, but your emotions, your IQ, your EQ, your, your stamina on and off the court, your ability to rally the troops and to cheer and to bring out and call it the greatness of those around you. I think that that is a, a fun charge to lead with. And, and if you're not an aggressive, you know, like more boisterous leader, then yeah, you can be a silent leader. That's completely fine, but then have your one-on-ones pivot yeah. that instead of a yeah. big crowd, then pivot that in the small groups, pivot that in the the appetizer nights or the, the rallies at your house where you have five to six people instead of 15 to 30 people, maybe. So just really realize and like being and becoming the same person that you want to live, not just Monday through Saturday and Sunday set apart, but Monday through Sunday, you're the same person. You're growing. We're never the same person we were yesterday. We should be getting better and better each and every single day, because as a believer, you should be desiring to be more like Christ and growing in those attributes of him, of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, self-control, and just the fruit of the spirit should be emulating from you through your words and actions and Even how you interact with your teammates and players and opponents, refs, if you don't like the call, ah, how do you respond? And don't let the heat of the moment take over the testimony that you're living. So I'm just here to encourage you because we've been both athletes ourselves and it can get intense sometimes, especially if you're a person that's, um, what do you call it? Not intense, but i have brain farting. Competitive. That's the word. Oh my God. If you are, if you're extremely competitive, um, why do you always have to win? You know, winning is what we want to do, but realizing that there's, there's a gain in the loss too. And it's part of the character building. So
2: we have kind of a special treat. We showed you up at the front of this episode that we were going to have a special guest join us. And as we planned for this episode, I just wanted to share this conversation that we recently had with Paul Allen. He's going to talk about Sharing the gospel organically. He's going to talk about why the gospel is important and the difference that God's made in his life. So enjoy this conversation, kind of 2.0 of how to share your faith in the world of sports. You're listening to the FYI podcast. Joined by an amazing guest. I'll introduce him in just a second, but PA
0: on the mic, Paul Allen joins us today. How are you? Uh, what's going on? And I know you got some more to say. So just quickly, um, uh, thank you for inviting me, and um, I'm I'm really really happy to do this after learning more about uh, your ministry and the work with the young adults and going through some social media pages and reading some stuff and and it's so key with this day and age and and it's just really moved me of late since I got to know you guys uh, the work that you're doing and and think about it, you know, Kirk Cousins, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, um, told me. I think it was within the last month or change on a podcast I do called Faith and Goal that um, I wrote it down because I don't want to mess it up, that um, um, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ is the single greatest thing you can do for another person. After all, their eternity may depend on it. And he said that on a podcast and man, that moved me. And that's what you guys are doing with everybody and young adults. And I'm just like, hey, well done.
1: Oh, we love that you said that because we feel like we are called to a generation and approaching them with a kingdom minded urgency. Like, there's two places to go, and we Mm. want to see hell empty of young adults and all people, obviously. But if we can stand at the crossroads between the decision making processes between the ages of 18 to 30, where you make those pivotal, you know, decisions who you date, who you marry, what you buy, where you go to school, where you live like, we feel like God has put that us and that burden on our heart to sit at the intersection and say, hey, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And we wanna point you in that direction. And we're just gonna mm. give you that opportunity and whether or not they say yes or no, mm. we feel like we've done our job and hopefully hey. God can meet them in that place. So we're excited. If
0: I'm at Faith Family Church right, right now in the fourth row, I'm saying preach. And <laughs> and I know um, I know that uh, that there are questions that you're gonna to wanna to ask me but, and, and I'm gonna ask you a question later. Uh, but I want to get this one out of the way right now, if you don't mind, uh, because with your social media channel, um, Josiah's or or the young adults, um, it's this Houston conference that you went to involving young adults and, and engaging and mobilizing young adults. I, I mean, I want to say to organically share the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I would even start with believing in it and learning it. Like, what was that like? And and, what, um, and, and uh, yeah, what was it like? Oh my gosh, the past
2: seven days has been a bit of a whirlwind. We've got yeah. two young girls and we were kind of in Minnesota, we did our own leadership mm-hmm. conference for the leaders of 18 to 30 year olds. Then we were with 2000 church planters in Houston, Texas, and really they invited us to to speak and to share on the faith of the next generation, what you said, engaging and mobilizing young adults today. And so what it's like is it is this next generation is hungry. They have a lot like the Jesus revolution in the 1970s, they've Mm -hmm. drank from a lot of different wells and came up dry tried a lot of drugs and a lot of experiment and and still come up mm-hmm. empty and we just mm-hmm. believe that there's hope in jesus and that he changed oh. everything and so we're watching yeah. as god moves in 18 to 30 year olds lives
1: yeah definitely and i would say in that journey of just being exposed to that many people in a setting where like they have that passion just as much as the next person in, who believes in Jesus? I think like wow, this is a humbling moment to be called a child of God. And like you already alluded to, like everybody, every in every person is one invitation away from eternity with Jesus, and there's no reason to shy back. So just when you leave those settings and those conferences, or like even the probably the high of like winning the you know in, in any NFL game, like you walk away and you're like, okay, can it get any better? And the this the the truth yeah. is, it does get better, and your relationship yeah. with Jesus gets sweeter. And to see leaders. Starting well and finishing well is what we pray for, and when we start a relationship with Jesus, like we want to see heaven just expand in that process, and to know that we played a small part in that is just part of the reward of mm. serving Him and His vision. Mm. So, yeah, it's just hey. it's a, you just sit there and awe. You're like, what's heaven going to be like? That's what I walk away with every time. I'm like, wow. Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, that's unbelievable that you said that because, like, you know, I I didn't really start going to to church uh let's say evangelical Protestant uh, Baptist uh, but Protestant related churches where where there is a preach and mm-hmm. what the Bible teaches first word Genesis end of Revelation that's the whole thing and you know you learn you don't get to handpick things out of the Bible that are good for you and, and so on but it it's so therefore the music that is played at my church or churches, um, okay I mean that that's great and I'll stand up and you know I I'm, I'm not it doesn't it doesn't get me the way it gets a lot of other people mm-hmm. and and but that's because God has decided that that that's not going to grab it and zap it the way studying the book of Matthew chapter 5 you are salt of the earth you Christians are not should be are salt preserving what's good of the earth our world is in decay now that's what I really, really love, and that's what gets me. Um, but during those songs, sometimes, I, well, every time I will pray, and frequently I say, "Father, what is heaven like?" Mm-hmm. Uh, Father, what is heaven like? You know, and and you just said it, man. That's wow. That that just makes me feel so good. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just God's children, and those in in the same fishbowl under the same rock, just thinking the same wow. way and believing the same way, and I just love that. Thank you. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. We're
2: talking. As you can see in this conversation, mm-hmm. we're going places with Paul Allen. Mm-hmm. He is needs no introduction, really, but he's the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, host of a radio show on KFAN Radio. LeBron James calls PA, and I would agree. LeBron James just tweeted that he's a national treasure. <laughs> we couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. I grew up uh, listening to a.m. 1130 KFAN. my man, all the Minnesota Vikings. There's been some Mm -hmm. moments, some Minneapolis miracles, some (laughs) heartbreaks, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's been an emotional journey, but thanks so much for joining us today. We'd love to, we'd love to kick it to you and just kind of recap some of your story of life and journey. Even Mm -hmm. if you're willing to share, how did you find yourself calling games Mm -hmm. for the Vikings? What's your journey been like in life?
0: Well, Um, I mean, from that standpoint, you know, I I think first and foremost, I need to share that four years ago, um, I had no idea Christ was God on earth. And I knew Christ on the cross and the resurrection and Easter and my kids and the Lord's prayer, but I never had read a word in the Bible. And uh, that's at age 52, and I'm I'm 57. So it's four years and change ago. Um, And so therefore, um, learning that and where god took it from there um that that's changed everything i mean it's it honestly has changed everything in my life and it's not me praying to god's will to change certain things in my life that have changed it's you know i think a a relatable example would be you know i used to be incredibly fearful of turbulence Uh, When I would fly, it's called moderate chop. And when it gets up to severe chop, it ain't no good. And I mean, I would pray. uh, So, so I always believed in God and I always prayed and I always prayed the Lord's prayer, but until four years ago, hadn't read the Bible and didn't know Christ was God on earth. So always believing in God, I would pray during turbulence and, you know, stuff like that. Well, I didn't pray one day, Heavenly Father, if it's in your will, please remove this moderate chop fearless gene from me and help me recognize Philippians 4 6 and 7 implores me to not be anxious and instead give thanksgiving and supplication so I didn't do that but I mean you can go ahead and bounce that thing around as much as you want I don't care because I know I'm going to heaven and and when I leave when when we take off vikings or whether I'm visiting my daughter in Colorado or whatever my, my prayer which I always have prayed this even before I read the bible heavenly father Um, If it's in your will, please help us land in Chicago and have a safe flight. But if it's not, then I repent of my sins. Here are the ones I remember from today, and I I repent. And if we perish, do it. I mean, that's your will, and I'll be right there with you. Maybe as a sin-free angel, not exactly sure what you do up there if you're of my ilk, but I know you're up there in eternity, And I just fully believe in my heart that is so much greater than anything that we face on earth and anything with which we deal on earth. So from a plate from, so I had to share that uh, to, to explain in 2002, when I auditioned to become the radio voice of the Minnesota Vikings, I never had called play by play at any level for any team in my life in 2000, I would go to the Metrodome baseball press box um, and do what was called a cybercast, and probably got eight games down, something like that, you know, but to get a job in the national football league and have your first play by play job at any level, be, be in the NFL working at KFAN. This is my first radio job at any level. And, and God's had me in it for a quarter century um, back in 1993 at age 25 Drove up to San Francisco, auditioned to become a racetrack announcer. And they're racing. Micah comes out of the gate terrifically, and Josiah's been left by five. Um, and I auditioned, having never done it, and I beat 30. So, you know, right there, God put me into that microphone-related position at age 25, moved me to Minnesota and started at KFAN, had a co-host I loved and was my best friend, and he really struggled with personal problems and got fired and then the first play-by-play jobs in in the national football league so yeah I mean I hear from non-believers and those who you know want to bicker and argue about about things that I don't believe uh you're talented Paul um you know you you earned these jobs you won these jobs you deserve these jobs nah that ain't the case um now now looking at life the way I do and knowing what is right um God put me in those jobs and built my following the way he did to share the gospel of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and to be comfortable and confident and eloquent with it and to be bold with it and to use the platforms that he's given me to organically share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, that's abundantly clear to me, you know, and at, at age 57, you know, with that uh, the, the Buffalo Bills game that, that we had this year and, and videotaped from the booth and it went viral and you mentioned the LeBron tweet. I mean, I've been in microphone related jobs for 21 NFL, 25 KFAN, 28, uh, 30 racetrack announcing. and um, And God, with that video, God has my star ascending and my following growing at age 57, that far into careers, when most old guys are just trying to hold on.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: that's the only way I look at it. And that's why I won those jobs. And that's why four years ago at uh, All Sides of the Savior, the burden of unforgiveness, he called me, John 15, 16. We don't choose him. He chooses us. It's in Romans also. Um, and so that's the that's the answer. It's long. It's the only way to answer it. And uh, so that's how I look at my play-by-play career.
1: Oh man, Paul, I love that you even went there just sharing that, like you're already giving God the honor and glory and praise before any, even in the future, like you're already there. You're all saying, I didn't get here on my own. God was orchestrating things behind the scenes even ah. before I fully believed, before I lived, fully surrendered, before I yeah. knew my sin, before I knew my savior, right? And I just love the fact that you are one of the 4% that says yes after your 30th birthday to jesus four <laughs> percent
0: wow what's that mean
1: four percent of like, people say yes to jesus who, who after. who said 30th that who five. proves that go ahead sorry so like,
2: where'd you hear that the latest stat from barna research mm-hmm. is showing that 96 percent of people who decide to follow jesus do it before age 30.
1: yeah
0: yeah wow so that's okay. just even more well, so yeah but see you know help. for me <laughs> Right. But I mean, I always believed in God. I always Mm -hmm. was the kid when I lived in Southern California who walked in the ocean and said, thank you, Father. This is awesome. Uh, Prayed the Lord's Prayer. John 316 to me was the guy behind the end zone with the multicolored hair. And I couldn't even recite or know the passage until four years ago. Um, You know, so, yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't include Jesus in one prayer in my life for 52 years. And I don't pray. I mean, the Bible teaches we pray to God, you know, but there's a lot of rhapsodizing and a lot of glorifying of Jesus that's done in prayer, mm-hmm. at least by me it is. Um, so, man, it's just been such a whirlwind. It's the most beautiful thing that's ever taken place in my life. Um, and I organically just wait for the next honor like this to pop up to for people watching now, you know, after I retweet this and comment on it on my Twitter site. You know, you'll get some people to watch for a while, and then a lot of people will dart out because it's, you know, I'm not talking about free agency or or the draft, but those same people need to know the person that you hear quoting the Gospel of John 15, 16, is the same one who says, Cousins takes the snap, fakes the handoff to Dalvin, shakes his shoulder, pats the ball, fires left side to Jefferson, it's caught at the 10, he's JJ, touchdown Vikings. (laughs) That's the same person, unabashedly the same person.
1: Yes, I love that. And I think that's what God calls us to to do, is to share the position that he's given us to honor and glorify him in the process and to point people to Christ. And Susie Larson says something along these lines. She's an author here in Minnesota. If you don't know who she is, she's an incredible person. But she talks simply about like, for the believer, earth is our hell. This is as worse as it gets. It can only get better. For the non-believer earth is their heaven, like this is their heaven, earth is their heaven. Yeah. And I just think that that just creates in me this heaven minded urgency to reach the next generation and beyond, because I'm yeah. like, wow, if we can just capture them between those big pivotal moments between 18 to 30, in addition to yeah. what taking place in their life before their worldview, before their thought process is so concrete that the yeah. cement is still moldable, right? So Paul, I would just love to hear your insight or your opinion hmm. on this. And why do you believe that reaching the next generation and young adults in ministry is so important and vital in this day and age?
0: Oh, wow, that's a great question. Um, well, you know, it's, I can't speak for all churches um, and I can't speak for all sermons. Uh, but, you know, from my experience of attending church a lot, and watching a lot of preaches online, like Paul Washer, Vody Bauckham, John MacArthur, so on and so on, and just kind of studying what hits them. Uh, the average age, what's the average age at a church? I mean, 50, 45? I don't know. It's pretty old. Uh, uh, do you guys know what I'm talking about there, like sure. on average? Yeah, and that's not bad. That's great, because even if there's one person in there getting bit by the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, so therefore, that's, that's first and foremost. Is the next generation of those who not only organically share the gospel and know what they're talking about with the Bible, but they actually believe it, and and authentically are taught the right way, because your mouthpieces and as am I, um, we're catalysts, and people going to Christianity and getting on the Billy Graham trail, well, that's we 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 have minimal to do with it we put them in a position so the Holy spirit can come grab them. And then the appetite will become voracious uh, or can become voracious. And if it doesn't, well, that has nothing to do with you. It's God, God waited 52 years for me. Okay. So, you know, if we're on his schedule, man, uh, we're not on ours. That would be first and foremost. Secondly, um, I have a 22 year old son and a 20 year old daughter. Uh, this would include them, uh, but you know, just a lot that that I see and or hear. Minds are confused. Uh, minds are more confused, or as confused today as I've ever seen in my life, and because I'm more observant towards things that I didn't to which I didn't used to pay attention. Um, so the fact that 18 to 30, I believe you said, uh, we have confusion. We have confusion with the Bible. We have confusion with COVID. Uh, We have confusion with wars. We have confusion with identity. Um, We have confusion with pronouns other than a true we or a true us. Um, So therefore, that's my answer is that's why I wanted to praise you out of the gate. And I wrote that thing down about cousins because, man, I'm just so moved by what you guys are doing that I want to let you know if there's any way I can help you other than retweeting this podcast here i am uh, just let me know
1: it's amazing
2: paul so mm-hmm. grateful for your time today for this conversation and um for what you just said i'll remember that and i don't take it lightly and i'd just be curious kind of the follow-up to that question that my mind gets really curious about mm-hmm. is like you're seeing this confusion in our world today. And there's a need. We saw it in Houston. We see it in Minneapolis. There's a need for discipling the next generation, mm-hmm. sharing the gospel. It's like, we don't need a Gen Z V. We don't need, right. it doesn't need to be updated. It just needs to be communicated. Yeah. And uh, I'd be curious what's on your heart for young adults or young leaders right now.
0: Oh, well, you know, just, just, for the need part just to end it. And I'm going to tie this, this is on my heart and, and it's, and it's on my heart frequently is the lack of willingness to submit or the lack of willingness more so with men than women, even in faith that I've noticed the lack, the lack of a willingness to become vulnerable and the lack of willingness to tell people, you know, not, not only here on earth, but, um, but certainly as the Bible would teach, su- submitting your life to God, okay? Start there and glorifying God for giving us and becoming somebody who wiped all of our sins away and he didn't have to do that. And then he rose and then he trained and then he ascended with the Pentecost and then they went and oh yeah well that's a fairy tale and you know it's uh yeah there was never a flood and and you know it's uh david and goliath and nephilim and just just all of this stuff yeah it's all uh, okay well i mean you have the right to believe that uh and that's fine because that's not that's not my opinion it doesn't matter It's between you and god however the the bible teaches with what these disciples did and what the the disciples and followers and apostles did they willingly went out and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing they were going to die and knowing that it was going to be gruesome and that it was going to be painful. I mean, that takes my breath away, you know? So that's definitely on my heart that the, the to become vulnerable and submit via prayer is such a vital part of at least giving yourself a chance for the Holy spirit to get into you and for the Holy spirit to bite you and God to call you again, John 15, 16. Uh, so that's on my heart. And, um, quickly, um, religion, religion is the righteousness of oneself. Christianity is the righteousness of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that again, and then move on to the next one. The Bible teaches not my opinion. The Bible teaches religion is the righteousness of oneself. What can I do to get somewhere else? Where Christianity is the righteousness of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Christ, organically sharing it and recognizing the Bible teaches it is thy, not I. So that's on my hard heart. And finally, a month and a half ago, I started taking an every Tuesday night course on eschatology, uh, the study of last things and times. Uh, Typology, literalism, premillennial, postmillennial, amillennial. But (laughs) God has me in it and it's part of the process. And Pastor Wes, one of my best friends, is an elite teacher. Um, So I picked some things up from it. Uh, but the one main point God has on my heart right now to answer your question regarding eschatology is with eschatology, you know, and revelation and the rapture and the devil and Christ and the lady um, uh, on the winged whatever and the metaphor and the wilderness, which actually is a desert. I mean, that's all very, very, especially when you go back to Ezekiel and Daniel and Isaiah and stuff like that. And Daniel nine specifically. I mean, that's all fascinating and it's all very, very deep. And a lot of opinions are formulated that are big opinions. Are we sure being all wrapped up in that is not pulling you from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And are we sure with everything we're thinking about, about, Hey, COVID happened and this is happening. And here it comes. Where are you? I think I see that white horse. Oh, there's the chestnut. Is that pulling away from learning more about the gospel and praying that God's will organically gives you more of an opportunity to share the gospel? I just want to make sure that you're not getting all wrapped up in the wrong thing right now. Because end times, I believe the Bible teaches, happened when Christ was crucified. Well, there we go. And and the resurrect. That's it. It's end times. So how long is it? I got no idea. And it's borderline blasphemy to pretend you have an idea. Yep, so yep. that that's what's on my heart.
1: Even Jesus himself does not know the time nor the hour. So why would we in our small minded oh, human
0: really? <laughs>
1: reality? See, I didn't know understand. that. And see,
0: yeah, man. I think I'm just going to send your ministry, whatever you want, $1,000 to start just to FaceTime or Zoom every so often to have conversations like this because- I don't know if it's because I'm so new at reading the Bible and I put a lot of time into it. I mean, you know, I am really pride myself on not making mistakes when it comes to scripture and it's every single day of my life, um, you know, organically doing something not to please God or not because I'm searching for obedience. I mean, it's, I'm not, I'm not obedient, you know, uh, I'm not saved because I'm obedient. I'm obedient because I'm saved. Um, So therefore the opportunity to learn, like what had just said. I mean, I just wish I had more of these conversations in my life. And that's why I get long-winded, because I get excited. And wow. I have so few of these in my life. You know, forgive me, Father. It sucks. It sucks, man. Well, there's you know? a whole world
1: so, waiting. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole world waiting to hear the gospel. Yeah, God, and
0: God's yeah, using God'll, me. God will um, God'll put me exactly where I need to be right now and every single second. So I don't fret it, but this just really makes me know how much I appreciate, like looking at Micah going, really, I didn't know that. Well, now I'm gonna write it down and I wanna go look it up. I just love that more than anything I do in this world, I love that
1: Well, Paul, we are so glad that you're spending this much time with us and we love that you're long-winded because I truly believe like for the amount of time that you have read the word of God and written it on your heart and memorized it and meditated on it and did a deep dive more or less into the theological, things and practices, not only like through the Old Testament and New Testament, but just being able to reference and resource there. I mean, there are individuals that are listening to this podcast and maybe you're a pastor and you're feeling convicted because Paul knows more about the Bible than you do. Hey, get into the word of God because we need to know the heart of Christ, We know the word of God. We need to meditate on that scripture. We have to stop speculating about it and start living it. And um, so many of our listeners are trying to discover their voice, whether that is whether it's from a platform, whether it's through social media, whether it's to glorify and honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and just further his kingdom through whatever God has given them, stewarding it well. You've obviously discovered elements and components of your voice, which I love, and that you've given God the glory way back 20 some years ago when you're 25 years old. But for the young person who is searching and trying to find their voice, whether it's through writing, whether it's through speaking, teaching, or leading, what insight do you have for them to remain authentic?
0: Well, there's a lot. Um, But I think first and foremost, and I'm not greatest or worst ever guy, but I think first and foremost is prayer and praying to learn how to pray. And, you know, there's uh, there's a pastor, uh, an old school pastor uh, named uh, S.M. Lockridge, and I listened to this on YouTube and, um, and I wrote it down when it comes to prayer. And uh, he preached, you should pray when you are successful, lest you become selfish. You should pray when in sorrow, lest you become cynical. You should pray when you are in prosperity, lest you become proud. You should pray when in material poverty, lest you become spiritually poor. In sin, man declares his independence from God. In prayer, man declares his um his dependence on God. Um, so that's SM Lockridge. So praying to God's will. It's, I mean, as cliche as it would be, it's not, I got a big test tomorrow, Father. Please do me a solid amen. Okay, now that's a that's a zero. Um, so I went to a zero first, where when it comes to being in search of inspiration, just recognizing that you're on God's schedule, not yours. And if it is meant to happen, it will happen. It may already have happened and you don't know it and you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do right now. But heavenly father, um, if it's in your will, please guide me to a more open heart and willingness to learn your word and have the Holy spirit overcome me every Single day and reveal to me organically what I can do to give people a better chance to go to heaven. And if it's in your will, Father, please help me better engage with A, B, and C. And no matter which way it goes, I'm going to love you more tomorrow than I do right now. And thank you for your son, Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, amen. So a prayer like that, you know, just submitting to God's will and talking to Him and not having a schedule, being like, it didn't happen in a week, I'm out. So I think that'd be the answer. That's incredible. Oh
2: my gosh, I, I love it. Prayer is powerful. Our words carry weight, weight and there's a depth mm-hmm. that I think that it was A.W. Tozer that said the gospel is so shallow that even a child can enter into it, but it's deepest like the ocean mm-hmm. that, you know, somebody who's mm-hmm. followed Christ for a lifetime can still go further, deeper, mm-hmm. and prayer yep. is like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. On on the other hand, too, I can't say the name Paul Allen without thinking passion, excitement, for sure, an authentic voice. And so for the young adult who maybe is just like trying to discover their purpose, their passion in their life, how could you maybe encourage them today?
0: Uh, Well, that's a big, 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 big question. Um, And one that I can't answer in a minute or less, but I will say, I mean, my example and how God made me is the best example that I have for better or for worse. And I was dead broke in my mid thirties. I prayed all the time. Um, I'm sure I prayed the wrong way. Um, but you know, that's 20, that's a quarter century ago. And just know that, that the inspiration and the passion and what you are designed to do will take place when God's ready for it to take place. And I had no idea 25 years ago I would have a 21-year career right now in the National Football League calling Minnesota Vikings games. So separating free and God's will is such a major talker within the Christian community community, I believe free will is evil. And until I'm taught otherwise, I believe all of free will is evil, every single piece of it. And that's a complete submission to God's will. So getting that together and recognizing the thy not I approach to prayer and to talking to God when it's just like, I mean, I don't know where you guys are, man, but here outside of Minneapolis, it's snowing hard. Sky's been gray all day. I thank you, Father, not only for waking up today, but the opportunity to do the radio show at K-Pan, uh, chat with some middle school kids in North Dakota, and now chat with Josiah and Micah. And, um, and, and to many, this is going to bring on some form of free will-related depression because it's cloudy, and I think it's beautiful. I think it's absolutely beautiful because I know you're doing something with it, and it's not my job to figure out what it is. So thank you. Amen. So that, that's how I talk. And then I walk into jobs and it's (sighs) Heavenly Father, if it's in your will, please guide me with patience, the ability to love greater than I've ever loved, the ability to listen better than I've ever listened. And most importantly, lay back and let others experience the secular fame for whatever the reason you've given me, because outside of sharing the gospel, I don't care if I have it. But they do, amen.
1: Amen. And remember, Paul, God is your defender. No matter what you're up against, He's your defender. So yeah. I don't know why I felt like this um, But also, I'm from North Dakota, so it's so fun oh. to hear that you touch base with some middle schoolers today.
0: I yeah, love was that. A, uh, somebody, somebody sent me uh, sent me an email. Um, it was uh, within the last month or so, and let's see if it was by where you lived. It was uh, Northern Cass in Hunter, North Dakota. And if you, um, if you go to my Twitter bit, um, you'll see a picture of the zoom and I I like responded to it and middle school kid, Well, I mean, look at this. I mean, look how beautiful God's working today here. You are doing what you do with young adults. And he gives me the honor and the privilege of chatting for 40 minutes with young adults sliding in, you know, the, because they wanted to talk about broadcasting and the Vikings and stuff. And it's all good. But you know, if you're going to sign up with me, then you're going to hear, well, God permitted this and God put me here and God okay. guided that. And if you don't want to hear that, don't sign up with me That's right. Uh, because that's my life.
1: Wow. Well, we're glad you signed up with us today because maybe knowing or unknowing, you signed up for a five and five challenge and that's how we end our podcast. Five, five, and, five. And, five and five. That sounds like the
0: Green Bay Packers record next year after 10 games
1: hey and if that's the case let it be so five and five means five questions five minutes and we're gonna unpack those are you up for the challenge
0: i'm up for the challenge five and five five for five five for fighting i'm all in
1: let's do it all right question number one i'll kick it off how's that sound what is god Mm -hmm. teaching you lately
0: oh i shared it with you earlier um i I want to re-emphasize it taking that eschatology class and hearing people ask questions about things and just how impassioned they are. And that's cool and everything, because I love to learn. But let's just make sure sharing the gospel of Christ is first and foremost in your life and not trying to predict the rapture and not trying to predict the end and not being God on earth and like looking at things saying, oh, there it is, told you. Uh, Well, actually, that was, you know, that wasn't a dove. It was a seagull, Mm
1: -hmm. Um, you know, so
0: just... (laughs) just the end times or the end times and last things it's very 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 interesting and and learning to take what's in revelation and go to different parts of the bible brilliant fascinating absolutely love it uh, learning with uh, learning about all that's terrific the gospel sharing the gospel of christ is first and foremost like cousin said that sharing the gospel of jesus christ to an individual is so important it may determine their eternity wow did he knock me over when he told me that so that uh, that's the answer
1: yes their eternity hangs in the balance of our obedience at times Mm -hmm. so Mm
0: want to be want to be
2: obedient yeah and just be used by god any way he sees fit paul if you could ask mike and i anything this question Mm. keeps us on our toes because we have no idea Mm. what you come up with but we're an open book And uh, if you
0: could ask us anything today, what would you want to know? Eloquently recite chapter three, verse eight of Leviticus. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, Let's go with, um, (laughs) let's go. uh, Moses wrote it. Um, Let's go (laughs) with um, in ministering to young adults and doing what you do. What are some of the most significant obstacles you face on your journey? Hmm.
1: I think the one thing churches and college campuses initially recognize is they're very transient and there's a fast revolving door. Meaning you might get a student or young adult in your ministry, in your church, whatever setting for maybe one semester, maybe for six years if they're a super student um, and kind of just realizing like, wow, that revolving vote door is going so quickly. But if we can get them the first day they're on campus, there's like an 80 some percent sec- success rate that they will get connected in a way if they were not through th- for that first like week of campus. So I would mm-hmm. say that's unique. I don't know, charge for the person listening. Like we have an opportunity. It feels like a window so if we can strike while the iron's hot and they're trying to navigate those elements, I think is one for sure. But
0: can can I, can I ask a follow-up? Yeah. Well, as you're a pastor, right, Josiah? Yep. Okay. So doing what you guys do and ministering the way you do the book of Acts chapter 18, I believe is a part where the apostle Paul basically was like, are you kidding me? I mean, this is unbelievably exhausting, fatigued. All the negatives are beating him down second guessing things all came back together. It, it, do you face that? Do you guys face that in any form of ministry? Um, I mean, distractions and sin and, and natural things of the world, of course, but like, does it ever get deeply rooted in you? Like Acts 18?
2: I think so. My answer was going to be to that question of like, there's, there's like tough topics that young adults deal with that like, if we're willing to pace with them, like that's a challenge, right? Like that's some of the things Mm -hmm. we're up against. It's just like, do we care? Are we sensitive? Do we stick with scripture? And are we willing to be a lifelong learner? Like, I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert, but I think personally, Mm -hmm. the way that the enemy has tried to take me out is through discouragement, Mm -hmm. is through my own thought life. And so like Saul who became Paul in Acts 18, like for me it it is a battle of flesh against spirit that i know jesus died for and won the victory but i still Mm -hmm. am in those moments that there's moments in ministry where i hear something that somebody says that almost wipes me out or or i i try to rely on my own ability to do things and Mm -hmm. those are the moments of discouragement Mm -hmm. of of like coming close to giving up and then it's like oh yeah wow this is not it one of our favorite verses Mm -hmm. kind of a life Mm -hmm. verse we stand on is first thessalonians 5 24. the god who calls you is faithful and he will also do it so is it up is it up to me is it up to my abilities so we don't there's a prayer of like i don't boast in my own abilities or believe in my own strength i rely solely on the power of god Mm -hmm. but i'm human so there's moments. I'm distracted or discouraged, and I start mm-hmm. to rely on my flesh. And then it's that end Realizing. of myself, <laughs> beginning of Jesus moment where it, it's real. Oh, man, I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That was very moving, thank you.
1: That's good.
2: And, uh, okay, so back to you for this Ooh, one, and I, I'm gonna yeah. switch um, outfits here, but okay, I'll just hold it up, but okay. A Baltimore
0: Ravens jersey? Oh, hey, JJ. Hey, <laughs> are, <KJ. you, laughs> are you kidding? So I mean, yeah. I don't think we could have we'll this get conversation that for you, okay yeah we'll okay. get that signed for you so we got to figure find out how to get it to me and then I'll get it to spearfish Sammy and it will be signed um at, okay. okay that's uh, fun we're gonna sign that that's no fun. I ain't signing it Justin will sign it thank you um
2: what are your thoughts going into 2023 2024 Vikings season. We're coming off of a super exciting season where they're yeah. a fun young team to watch. Mm-hmm. We gotta people are gonna want to know what your thoughts are going into next year.
0: Well, I mean, when you win thirteen, you know, you're you you've stamped yourselves uh that you're good. And when you win thirteen with a new coach, a new coaching staff, all of the uh, offensive and defensive plays are different. You know, that that right there is big. Okay. Now we flopped in the first playoff game. Okay. Well, that also is a fair part of the equation. Um, the, you know, the, the only way to answer it and not even, you know, I'm not even like trying too hard to be Bible guy is there. The spirit in our building last year was nothing I had ever felt in my life next to a Minnesota Vikings football team. Um, now when Leslie Frazier was the coach, um, you know, and I'd never read the Bible and I wasn't as I hadn't been chosen by God to live the life that I live now, it might've been like that with him. Um, but the spirit in the building of prayer in the hallway, prayer at practice, prayer in the locker room, prayer on the sidelines before games, a childlike gaze in the eyes of many, um, less ripping, less back backtalking, uh, less rabble-rousing, less rumor-mongering. Um, so off that, now where God takes it, I got no idea. I like the team. I love JJ. We, there are still moves that I know they're going to make. They've already cut linebacker Eric Hendricks. Um, we got the draft. Um, but um, we have very smart people running this team. And um, I can't wait for next season. We should win a bunch of games. That's
1: amazing. That's encouraging and fun to hear. And here's question four. Um, Paul, let's say you could travel anywhere in the entire world, or space, whatever, wherever you've never been, where would you go?
0: No. Okay, um, Jerusalem and Mount Ararat, Mount Sinai, um, the walk Paul took, Ephesus, Corinth, uh, Thessalonica, that whole that whole situation, and I would want it capped by a week um, at the island of of Patmos, Patmos, where John uh, got the revelation from the angel, and. And, you know, just to see what that, like, whole little in- encampment, that whole little room, that area is like. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to go in there and there's, you know, I'm going to hear somebody say, you entered correctly of whom <laughs> I'm pleased. Uh, or Wow, look at that dove, honey. Um, no, I just want to go in there and just and get on my knees and just thank God for the opportunity to be here in such an instrumental part of the greatest story ever told. Um, and... Yeah, so that's it. I've n- I've never been to the Middle East. I lived in the Philippines for a year and a half, lived in Hawaii for 6 months, been to Europe with the Vikings. Um but I've never been to the Middle East. And um I yeah, I just want to see how, what it feels like, man. I just, just want to see what my body feels like when I'm there.
2: Oh man, it is um
1: He's been twice. Josiah. I've been twice. Wow.
2: In both times, Paul, I got a call. One of them was last year and I thought it was a joke, but a free trip, all expenses paid, like God brought me there to spend mm-hmm. time with him. And so I do pray that you get to walk where Jesus walked. Yeah. There's something mm. surreal about like the smells, the, the, the sights, wow. just Sounds. the, the yeah. sound the the tastes of the food and just yeah. to, to see and experience, to have your feet hit there, to yeah. have those moments. Um, yeah. I believe it's going to happen for you. I really do.
0: Oh, it will. I don't know when, but it will. I mean, I gotta, yeah, it's, my schedule can be quite intense certain times of the year. Uh, but really who cares? Seriously, who cares? I mean, when, when, when God gets into my heart and subsequently my mind and shows me exactly what part needs to be carved out and, um, how all things to add up, who's going, I'm in. I love it. So, love so it. fun. And I think a great note to, to leave the young adult,
2: watching or the, the young leader listening, tuning in right now, we'd love just for you, if you're willing to share one piece of encouragement for the listener today, just something that maybe they could, maybe they feel like they're discouraged, mm-hmm. like life has beat them up a little bit. Like we love, speaking of Israel, this Psalm in 121, where it says, I lift my eyes not to the hills, but to the maker of the hills. Where
0: does my help come mm-hmm. from? Can you help lift the spirit mm. in the head of the listener today? Well, encouragement is such a big word, like I said earlier, or I said, like said that about another word, um, you know, I've had a pastor, um, and I think a rabbi because, um, I've met with a rabbi, a Catholic priest, my best friend, pastor many, many times over the last three years. I just wanted to learn things about certain things with friends and, and two of them, you know, would tell me, Paul, your biggest, your greatest strength is not the eloquence of speech God gave you, the confidence God gave you, and the following God gave you and these jobs with microphones God gave you. It's that you did not grow up with church baggage, okay? and and man, I've just learned so much about that over the last three years, you know, just with with things that I'm thinking and things that I see, um, but I'm not judgmental with it. And the reason I bring that up is because through it all, the, what the Bible teaches about turning the other cheek is, I mean, it's, that's my encouragement. Turn the other cheek. Don't let somebody take advantage of you, but turn the other cheek when at all possible. Um, Be vulnerable and fair enough and loving enough to say, I'm sorry. Um, Even if you're, you think you're 80% right, say, I'm sorry, and see where it goes from there. And um, I actually wrote this down for something else, but I'm going to read it as for encouragement. Um, avoid gossip, mean-spirited back-talking, and small-mindedness. It's rampant, not only in the world, but even at like jobs that I have. And back-talking and gossip, it it makes you a small-minded individual. And the Bible teaches that, and you should know that in the world. So James chapter 1 James chapter one, verse 26, it says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So that should encourage you. That's what it says in the book of James. That's what it says in the Bible. And that's what it says about gossip, rumor mongering, scuttlebutt starting. And, um, being in that small-minded person of the earth because there are a lot of things coming at us and a lot of things that are difficult to avoid for this stages of our lives. Not to talk and bleep about somebody, that's easy. So when the low-hanging fruits there presented by the Holy Spirit, take it every single time with those little subtle changes and let those little subtle changes continue the big change that's taking place in your heart and where that goes only God knows
1: i love it paul that is a perfect way to end our episode today just challenging the listener the leader the pastor to they will know us by the way we love and the Mm -hmm. way the way we love each other our brothers and sisters in christ and to be able to pray for our tongues to tame our tongues to tame our our thoughts and our minds and just our reactions right and essentially submit them to god and function in the holy spirit not in flesh and learn how to bite our tongue at times but to know Mm. that every single person whether you're in the church out of the church church hurt does happen it will happen on some level it could just be one cutting comment don't allow somebody else's comment dictate your eternity just because of one no. offense okay hey. forgive seven times nope 70 times <laughs> Forgiveness, yeah. extending forgiveness, even we don't know how to forgive ourselves, say it until something breaks in your spirit and you actually mean it because something will happen in you. And, oh, that's such a great way to, to leave the listener challenged, encouraged, um, and just fight the good fight. They don't stop just because of somebody else's opinion of you when God has those promises for for you. So Paul, we are so thankful for you to spend some time with us, for we get to spend some time with you and just hearing your story and hearing what God is doing. Once again, Paul, thank you so much for your amazing time.
0: Thank you. It was my honor and my privilege and uh, may God bless both of you, your young adult ministry and uh, take it where it's supposed to go because just being some Joe on earth, um, I think it's going in the right direction and fast.
1: Mm -hmm. amen we receive that so
2: encouraging you're a blessing pa we'll talk soon Thanks for listening to this episode of the FYI podcast. Feel free to send us your questions about faith, life, adulting, relationships, finances, and leave a review, rating, subscribe, and share this message. It will help it go further to more listeners.